Blog Talk Radio. of MTAS Radio, where our purpose is to empower you with information and conversations like the one you'll hear today that will make you think and ultimately lead to actions where actions are so desperately needed. Why don't you like us on Facebook, that's Money Than a Sword, or M-T-A-S for short, M-T-A-S for short. That's how you can find us online or like our fan page on Facebook. We love to engage you in thought-provoking conversation on a um, daily basis, weekly basis, however you see fit to um, join the conversation. So, folks, that's how you can like us on Facebook. Folks, also keep in mind that millions of Americans are currently at risk of losing life insurance protection or living without protection to begin with. If that is your situation, jot down this number, 773-881-9555, 773-881-9555. Keep in mind this hour is being brought to you by John Green's Agency of American Family Insurance. For all of your insurance needs, protection, and concern. Folks, I put together a free report. That's right, free free report. You can't beat that. Um, you can find it at johngreen.info, johngreen.info for slash life, L-I-F-E. Folks, you'll find out reason why you should not purchase life insurance. And as I often say, if you find out the reason why you should not, maybe that might give you some insights as to why you should, if that's important to you and if it's important to your family. Folks, again, that number um, to reach us at the office to take care of that most important concern, again, 773-881-9555. Folks, always good to come to you each and every week to engage you, to see what's on your heart, to see what's on your mind on, on a number of subject matters, on a number of subject matters. This platform would not be possible if it was not for you, adding your thoughts, views, and opinions, and um, just saying some of the things that um, that's piquing your interest out there, right? A lot of stuff is going on in um, in the world, a lot of folk, a lot of things taking place in our community. So uh, I want to get your perspective on... Um, on uh, today's subject matter as we talk identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending rates. A lot of stuff going on there, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Does success require minorities to become color blind? That's the question that's on the table today, folks. 718 518-508-9533. Just wanted to get that out the way so you can know what today's 
conversation and today's discussion is all about, and maybe you can um, put your thinking caps on in the process, right? Folks, what is that all about, right? Um, you know, and we're living in a world now, folks talk about identity theft, you know, we're talking about um, that financial crime when we're thinking about issues of identity theft, that kind of thing. Um, but um, then, you know, I'm hearing folks toss around the the term cultural appropriation, right? Um, identity crisis, identity crisis. Um, what's that, right? Um, certainly, um, you might be familiar with that, uh, not just from the standpoint of being um, someone of African descent or black America, however you like to um, refer to yourself as, or minority, period. You know, at various stages of the game, various stages of life, people struggle with issues of identity um, during certain times. Hopefully, um, as one progresses along the continuum of life, um, that become less of an issue. I think that's sort of kind of the point as we get a little bit older, a little bit more mature, or enter into those adult years. Uh, but certainly time, the passage of time, doesn't um, always necessitate such um, a worthy outcome, right? So what do we mean when we talk an identity crisis? Because um, oftentimes, um Particularly, particularly as an African American male, um, um, I see that struggle. I see that struggle within the community. Um, it might be a struggle. It might show. It, it might show up differently for many people, or look um, different in lives of, uh, or in, in different communities. That kind of thing. Sometimes it might take on the shape of um, uh, what do you call it? Um, overcompensation um, of this idea of masculinity, right? That might be an issue of, that might be a sign of identity crisis, um, not necessarily having any sense of um, cultural pride of or cultural dignity um, that might be a sign of there's a there's something going there's something at play as to um, identity the health of one's identity how they see themselves how they feel about themselves that sort of thing right so that's what we're talking about today identity crisis identity theft and transcending race the question the question the question folks does success require minority to become colorblind. Let's try that one more time. Does success require minorities to become colorblind? Very important question in my estimation. I think it's a very interesting question, right? Because um, um, I think it was, um, well, no, I think recently we, we see the passing of, uh, um, of a great individual, a great man um, known throughout the world, uh, that being uh, Muhammad Ali, right? I'm the greatest. Right, and he made you believe it. Um, right, we see his passing, and um, interesting enough about him is while while it seems like the world throughout has is embracing him, um, look at some of the struggle that people are having in our society that might practice Islam, right? How that religion is being viewed, um, or how people may perceive. Um, um, black males in the culture, that kind of thing, right? Um, but interesting enough, when it comes down to transcending race, as some would have it, 
I don't, I want, you know, although he's embraced, well, I, I want you guys to speak to that. What does that mean to you, right, when one transcends race? And is that what it's all about? And what does that mean when we um, use the, that those types of terms relative to um, black people? Is that to say that um, being black is... Um, second rate or second or, or secondary or not something to um, take pride in, right? So therefore, one must transcend the race. I think I was reading an article earlier today, and a, a gentleman was saying that um, that's a little bit more. That has become um, a more palatable term. But for years, you know, when, you, when it came down to figures like uh, Muhammad Ali or um, the uh, Bois, if you will, or a Michael Jackson or Prince, um, it used to be said these individuals are a credit to their race. Mm, a credit to your race. What does that mean? What does that mean? But again, folks, we're talking identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Does success require minorities to become colorblind? Right? Right? Well, you don't. Well, you ignore issues of uh, your blackness, or you being Asian, or you being Mexican American, whatever it may be. Right? May, maybe it require. I don't know. Right? Does it require require you to ignore some of the challenges, or ignore some of the history, or play it down, if you will, to be a little bit more acceptable? But one thing I would say, I don't think that was the case for. Um, Brother Muhammad Ali. I think when you look at um, some of the uh, some of the positions that he took relative to war during the Vietnam War, uh, what did he say? He said, "Hey, you know what? A black man in America, as a black man in America, I don't have an issue with what's taking place in Vietnam, right? Um, what does it look like for me to go and fight uh, for democracy, for freedom, making the world free when I can't?" experienced democracy here at home. So certainly um, he was not playing it safe. Does that cost? <laughs> well, you decide. Certainly it cost him, uh, and maybe that's part of the pressure um, that we have when we're dealing with issues of uh, race in this country in terms of what what is the, what is the pr- appropriate position to take, and sometimes maybe it's just an issue of I choose to play it safe. Right, I choose to play it safe. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want, want to. I don't uh, want to trouble the water. So I'm gonna keep my opinion to myself relative to um, maybe social and cultural injustices, things of that nature. But folks, I'm gonna come to the phone line. It's not about me talking all the time and taking up all the time. I definitely want to see, um, well, I want to see what's on your mind um, and what's on your heart relative to the subject matter today. Folks, we're talking identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. But um, one last thing, one last thing before I go there, one last thing before I go there. I read an article. I posted posted this piece to um, the Facebook page as well as the MTAS page. I don't even know what the title of this piece is, but the sister was talking about artists like uh, Michael Jackson and Prince, and um, it was written prior to the passing of uh, Muhammad Ali, 
but I think a part of what she's saying would probably apply to his life as well. But here's what she said, um, and I'll let you folks read the article for yourself because um, I don't want to take up all the time. But here's one of the points. She said that um, the term, the term black genius is not an oxymoron. Black legend or black artist, don't cancel, they don't cancel each other out. In fact, it is this blackness that gives birth to this type of artistry. That's interesting, right? See, you know, um, you know, you might talk to individuals and they might say, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm proficient in what I, I do, but I don't want to be known just as a, a black artist or, uh, or, or a black legend or a black genius. And I get that on one level, uh, but on the, I guess the other point of that is, uh, what's wrong with having that cultural reference, right? Um, is there something wrong with putting black in front of these, um, in front of these other uh, words, if you will, right? To be known as a black genius or a black legend or a black artist, that doesn't necessarily mean that the only group that will appreciate your um, your creativity or whatever it is, whatever service or product you bring to the table are black people, but you just identify yourself as being black. <laughs> what could be wrong with that? 718-508-9533, 718-508-9533, identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Does success require minorities to become Colorblind. 312, very familiar number. Thank you for joining the call um, and thank you for joining the conversation. Stephanie, are you with Hello. us? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I hear you. Good stuff, good stuff. You're coming in a little faint, but I can hear you. I don't know. You might want to um, turn the volume up wherever wherever you are so that we can uh, get the party started here. Uh, very important conversation, in my estimation, identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Well, you, you heard, it looks like you've been holding the line for a little bit here, and I, I appreciate you for pushing in to weigh in on the conversation. Uh, what are your thoughts about... Um, what are your thoughts about what's being discussed here um, today? Um, how do you see this issue of, um, however you want to look at it, maybe the whole idea, notion of transcending race, because uh, with the passing of Prince and um, also with the recent passing of Muhammad Ali, I'm starting to hear people say things like that. How do you, what's your take on any of that? What's your perspective? Um, it's it's pretty interesting when you we've been having some um, basically our if we want to say it in that way that those who have actually you can say transcending but at the same time that actually were powerhouses in their craft or the craft they chose to be in and we have lost them and so for for us to hear something like Prince and Ali and Michael Jackson and even Whitney Houston or even just go down with even um. Um, I cannot remember his name just literally slipped my mind, but Maurice White, there it is. Um, those who are just quite talented, and then we can go on, not just in the entertainment world, we can go those who are just great minds and losing those. It, it's been quite interesting, especially with those that have been um, very pivotal in making us 
as far as making people feel. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, 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 yeah okay. I can hear you a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, just wanted you to turn up. So, I mean, just where we, just in general, that we've, we're losing and hope, losing those great people. And just, it's hard on a lot of people, especially when you have such great talents and such great minds leaving the, or transcending to the next plane. You're breaking up there a little bit. Are you still with us? I'm still with you. Hello. Yep. Yep. Hello. Now. Okay. Uh, I, I I probably missed your last thought there. So um, what did what did you say there? Because I, I missed your last your last thought. I believe I was saying that we, it's just hard for those of us, and we know it's a part of life that we are losing, um, or that those who have great minds and great talents are actually transcending to the next plane. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So as we, as you, um, I, I don't know if you've been doing much reading um, after the passing of uh, um, Muhammad Ali or uh, Prince, as as we mentioned. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm reading and um, I'm reading some writers, and they're saying that you know this whole notion of these individuals have transcended, um, they transcend race is. Um, Maybe that's not something that um, black people should applaud in, 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 in many regards. Not saying that we should not applaud their success. We should not uh, feel happy about their accomplishment. But this whole notion of there's something, they they have become something other than black is um, maybe something that we should pause and say, Hold on. What's 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 wrong with this picture? What's wrong with that conversation? Uh, why can why can they not still belong to a community that gave birth to them, who helped shape their thinking, their perspective, their worldview? Uh, why is it that they have now, um, you know, have been adopted by? Um, Someone else or another community. Um, do you do you kind of agree with that position, or do you think that that's probably doing too much? I don't think it's a problem, especially when you're you're a group of people that are coming off a, a place, and a lot of people may disagree of a place where it wasn't it was not cool to necessarily even express yourself and who you are as a person, and we all had to get to a point of almost denying who we were or who they were. In this case, you're dealing with black people who have been oppressed, and now we're at a point where we're able to identify and be able to enter um assimilate into society without but at the same time assimilate how without necessarily losing yourself losing yourself where you are no longer a black person but we still deal with a culture of racism we still deal with a culture of prejudice we still deal with a culture of people who are not necessarily recognizing others who don't have necessarily skill and wealthing that we have um you're dealing with a lot of people who are want to believe the world is a better place but really don't want it to be a better place or don't truly believe it consciously that it is or subconsciously. you dealing with, oh, I've heard people say, Michael Jordan, yeah, he's great, but at the same time talk about the thugs standing on the corner as if they're not the same person. 
it's like last time you checked, yeah, they're not the same person, but at the same time, they're still black men. So you got a young man who plays basketball in park, Michael Jordan. What's the difference? They both play basketball. They both happen to be black. Oh, but Michael Jordan is different. He's a thug. And so you have to understand that we can't always really separate one from the other. Majority of the time, it's who you are. It's just part of who you are. People are good in necessarily doing that with their nationality. They're Puerto Rican. Guess what? They're Puerto Rican. They're going to hold on to that being Puerto Rican all day, every day. No one judged them for that. No one judged them to say if you're Colombian or if you're European, some part of um, Europe, or some I'm German and I'm this, this and that. Is nothing wrong with that, but for them to associate something with race is a problem. I have a friend of mine who's German, but he's also a black man. He has the same problem in Germany that he will have here, that we have here with identifying being a German and a black man in the same sentence. But yet they want to still just be just as racist as they are there, as they are here. So he cannot, even though they want you to forget about it, they don't allow you to forget about it. They don't allow you to move past it. They don't allow you to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. Again, seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. We're talking identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Uh, if you can stay right there, Stephanie, I was just um, I was just trying to pull up something here, and um, you guys um, you guys might recall this. You recall. Um, if you recall um uh, during the um uh, uh two thousand seven um two thousand seven two thousand eight uh presidential um uh election of uh, Barack Obama this was said of him. It says the country, uh, I think this was said by uh, Senator Harry Reid, that the country was ready to embrace um, a black candidate as president, as, as a presidential candidate or a black president, right? The country is ready to embrace a black um, presidential candidate, particularly a light-skinned African American with no Negro dialect, unless he wanted to have one. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. It does does that speak to part of what we're talking about today in terms of? Um, of the uh, of the reality of this whole notion of transcending one's blackness, if you will, uh, because hmm. that's what he had, was reported as saying. I, I don't know. You recall that? You remember that whole conversation? I, re- I remember that, and that goes back to what I just said a few minutes ago. You can transcend, and they can pretend that that part of you don't matter all day, every day. But the moment it's possible for to be reminded of that you're being reminded of it. Something happens, you're no longer part of the, you're no longer the America's sweetheart. I mean, we already, we are identifying and seeing that right now with Bill Cosby. We saw that with Michael Jackson. We even saw that with, and I, I don't want, I don't, I'm not taking sides, believe if he did, if he didn't. We even saw that with O.J. Simpson. When you're no longer American society, all of a sudden now you're the big, dark black man or black woman who is now considered the very thing that you warned your daughters not to be with or things like that. So it goes back to the moment you choose to allow those who have transcended to completely be able to transcend, but you remind them every chance they get when they represent the very thing that you feel is no longer possible to forget about it. And you remind them of that. So society, dominant society, would not even allow you to transcend. 
only when they allow you to. So to remind remind you that the president of the United States no do not have Negro features, and that he that reminder there. Hey, remember he does not possess these things, but he can choose to possess those things when he wants to. Really, is that a compliment? No, it's not a compliment. That's ignorance. Mm. Well, I'll just stay right there, Stephanie. I think that's uh, I think that's an important point, or certainly something uh, worth. Uh, Adding to the conversation as we talk identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Six, seven, eight, I'm coming to you right Uh-oh. now. What say you as we have this um, important conversation? Hey, John, how you doing? And uh, Miss Stephanie? Well, Hello. Well. How you doing there? I'm doing well. Um, very, very interesting uh, conversation. Um, you know, it, it's really unfortunate because you know, when you look at the likes of, you know, Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest uh, champions, you know, of all times. This was a man who never stopped being who he was. You know, he never stopped being black. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes I think that, as Stephanie was um, getting to earlier about, you know, how being accepted into mainstream is like people want to pick and choose what they want. You know, it's like, oh, he's a great champion, but he is a black man. You know, um, but if something drastic happens, you know, as Stephanie mentioned, like with the likes of O.J. Simpson or, you know, Michael Jackson or Bill Cosby, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, now them being accepted, you know, as uh, into mainstream, now all of a sudden, you know, they're like the Black Knight, you know, in a very bad way, you know. And so, but what's universal with all of them is that, um, and, and not, and I'm not racist by any means, you know. But the universal thing that people identify with, especially with people who have money, is the power of that green dollar, you know. So when you listen to, you know, you see Bill Cosby, what did he have in common with, you know, mainstream or uh, in terms of, sorry to say, white America, dollar dollar sign, you know. The man was very wealthy, you know. Uh, to the point where here he was, I think I had heard he was getting ready to try to make an offer to purchase NBC, you know, or when you look at your Michael Vicks, you know, here a great, you know, football player, and then all of a sudden uh, something that involves animals, now all of a sudden he's a, he, he's horrible. You know, how could you do this? And, you know, and, and can you imagine all the N-words that he was called? You know, um, O.J. Simpson, you know, I mean, once again, dollar signs. You know, so it's okay when it comes down to money, you know, because when you look at mainstream, they're not looking at color. They're picking and choosing what they want. They see the talent, but they're not understanding the struggle. You know, and what I respected about Muhammad Ali was that he never denied who he was. Prince, never, as light as this man's skin was, you never heard him say he was white. You never heard him refer to himself as being white-skinned and versus dark-skinned. He said that he was a black man, you know, uh, not like, sorry to say, the people on celebrities like your Mariah Carey's of the world who pick and choose when they want, you know, to transcend. Um, but it's really unfortunate that as we are in 2016 and we still have to go through some of this nonsense, you know, why, why should we have to be colorblind when we try to move up the ranks or, you know, we end up having some celebrity and we just want to, take care of our families and use the skills and talents that we've been blessed with where it may result in a financial gain. Why, why is it that we always have to justify it where, you know, 
we work just as hard, you know. And, yes, we have to go through a lot of hurdles and hoops just to get to that next level. But we should not have blinders on thinking that, you know, we're transcending. Because at the end of the day, you may transcend, meaning you're going to another level. But at the end of the day, your skin color doesn't change, you know, and who you are. You know, as Dr. King used to say, you know, uh, the content of your character you know, that's the one thing that, you know, uh, was would be saying about you. And that's one thing, like Muhammad Ali, his character always spoke, I'm black and I'm proud. You know, he always, even, you know, when it came time to war, you know, he had a point. You know, how is it that I'm getting ready, you, you asking me to fight a war when here, my own country, I'm not even accepted. But my right. celebrity is accepted. You know, so I, I just think that, you know, the reality of the identity crisis, I don't think it's more of us. I actually think it's the opposite. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I guess that's uh, I'm on I'm on a fence on that because I certainly understand the um I certainly get the social pressure. I certainly get the um the machine, if you will, that uh I, I'm looking at it. I'm I, I just read I, I, I just read something that, that that jumps out to me that's quite insightful. Anytime you have uh, a powerful individual that could say privately, again, and so I'll allow you to elaborate and let me know what your thoughts is on it. I don't want to read anything from your perspective, but the way I'm reading this, again, you know, the author quoted Reed is saying privately that Obama, as a black candidate, could be successful thanks in part to his light skin, appearance, and speaking pattern with no Negro dialect unless he wanted to have one. So when we talk about when you have, uh, when you have a, a, a situation that we we get it, you know. We, uh, you know, minorities have to travel in worlds all the time and have to, as we often say, uh, play the game, play the role, uh, have on a mask, uh, become whatever, you know. And if that's what it is, that that's it's pressure that comes with that when you know that maybe your your near uh, your very presence might not uh, might might make people uncomfortable, um, that sort of thing. So, and when you hear things like this, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that you stop. It doesn't mean that you um, stop striving and things of that nature. But um, it's interesting, interesting to see that people think like that, um, people willing to give voice to something like that. And it goes back to my question that I raised earlier. And so I believe you were holding the line. Again, it goes back to the question of does success require require minorities to become colorblind? And honestly, I, I, I don't believe so. Um, I mean, when it comes down to Obama, you know, you've never heard him reference, you know, his skin tone as being white. He's always credit uh, who he is. Um, and, I think society has it twisted where we're, it's okay to be, it's okay to speak proper English. I mean, that's what you learn in school. That to me has nothing to do with race. You know, however, society seems to have the identity crisis because they look at it, they try to identify us as being white just because we speak properly. You know, I remember some years ago, I used to work for a mortgage company and um, downtown and, and my sister and I used to work together. I would never forget um, the lady who we work for, she was white, and her father 
was pretty much racist. You know, she she always had some uh, challenges understanding, like, you know, the way how, you know, blacks are or, you know, the statement all black men are, you know, uh, deadbeat daddies or something to that degree because her sister had a bad experience. But one day, you know, we were sitting down having a conversation. She said, you know, you and your sister speak very well. Mm. Now, for me, I'm trying to understand where she's going because I could have sworn I spoke English. You know, okay. so, I, you know, but then I had to think about it for a moment. Oh, I forgot. You didn't have Millie. that Negro dialect that uh, yes, Brother Reed was like, talking well, about, huh? <laughs> right, but the thing is, you know, we're in a different age now, you know, where we are educated, where we are able to be empowered, you know, where I can identify who I am and, and it's nothing wrong with me wanting better. You know, you ask President Obama, he probably never saw himself as president, you know, but there was well, – we can identify with him because of who he is. And, 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 you know, regardless of people's political views, at the end of the day, that's a black family in office. You know, and there's a lot to take away from that. They never stopped being who they were. They never took on a different dialect or tone. No. At the end of the day, you are who you are. I just feel as though that society, we, a lot of times we either try to fit in or blend in and sometimes, you know, people have a hard time identifying with us. So sometimes we feel as though that we have to change to identify with them. Well, we don't have to do that. You know, it's okay. You're able to go to college nowadays. You know, you're able to go to high school. You know, there's no segregated. Well, in one state, there's still a segregation, segregated school, which I think is um, Arkansas that's getting ready to change. But there's no reason why we don't have the power, you know, to overcome this. And mm. and at the end of the day, if I have to sit up here and just because I'm moving up the corporate ladder and, you know, I have somebody that maybe say, oh, wow, you know, you're, you're a little dark skinned. Well, what does my skin color have to do with me doing my job? And why is it that when we do move up the corporate ladder, why is it that we have a hard time helping all the brothers and sisters up? You know, and, and, and so as time progresses, this is what we constantly deal with. So we have society with the identity issues and then we have identity crisis within ourselves because you know we 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 want to go up the corporate ladder you know but sometimes we forget where we come from and, and we get caught up too much in mainstream or the celebrityism you know and that's not how it should be you know but that sure. that's just my opinion you know um, I, uh, I just feel as though that it's unfortunate but there's nothing it, it, at the end of the day we're human but racism still yeah. exists, and it's ignorance on their part, not ours. Well, certainly something that we have to contend with, and um, you know, deal with some of our internal issues as well, and you know, and, and figuring out, um, you know, how do we uh, bear this cross, if you will. I like what you said, though, Shalanda. You said that sometimes others have a, a, a difficult time identifying with us, and therefore um, now we're struggling to figure all of this out and um, to make sense of it all. So that, that's an interesting perspective. Seven one eight five zero eight nine five. Three three seven one eight five zero eight nine five three three. We're talking identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Does success require minorities to become colorblind? Call out on. Uh, I'm not sure where you're calling from, but certainly want to hear your perspective on the conversation. Does success require someone to become colorblind? That's the that's the question. Yes, that's the question. That's that's what I want you to speak to. 
relative to what you're hearing? Well, relative to what I'm hearing, I'm hearing a bunch of contradictions and meandering around around the issues. When you brought up President Obama and people brought up issues about him being more palatable, some of the strongest issues against President Obama came from black people against President Obama. Jesse Jackson had his things to say. Al Sharpton, I can go down the list of all of these black people, the blue blood blacks, the ordinary blacks, the layman blacks, the blacks who said they wouldn't vote for him because he didn't have a chance. These ordinary black people, until he got in there and became viable, that's when people start latching on to the man. His issues weren't with white people. His issues were internal with black people, and we're ignoring this. What I'm suggesting and what I'm hearing here is that nobody wants to recognize the fact that black people seem to like to play the victim in every angle, no matter what's going on. And they make excuses. Again, history is replete with examples of minorities being in the presence of others, and they do have to make adjustments to the dominant culture. Now, if I, and I'm jumping around a little bit because I've heard a lot of things I'd like to discuss, touch on real quick. Sure. When, I hear, when, I hear, when I hear people say that you are articulate for an African-American person, the reason they say, they're saying that you are articulate as an African-American person has to deal with some legitimacy in fact. Now, stereotypes in life have to deal with something based on facts. People just don't pull, some people, majority of people, don't just pull things out of the air. There's some correlation to truths involved with it. African Americans perform poorly educationally when it comes to English, and African Americans learned a lot of their bad habits from growing up and being, developing down south around white people who are inarticulate. So people will make the assumption that the person that they hear who speaks the king's English cleanly and purely enunciates and pronounces everything that they are something out of the ordinary. That's nothing to boo-hoo about, nothing to be upset about. It's that person is striving to speak the language appropriately. If you were in China, you would do the exact same thing there as you go and go up the ladder. People are transcending, and I'm going to be quiet here for a second. People who transcend, like mentioning all these entertainers, most of these issues and what we're and, and so you know what I'm gonna eliminate that part. I would like to go back to ask because we hear this all the time. They have to hold on to blackness. Hold on to blackness. If I had to sit down and ask someone to give me an intelligent definition of what black is, I'm pretty sure everyone would give you a different answer. Each person sure. has a right to be who they are. But we I hear it all the time from African-Americans about, well, he didn't hold on to his blackness, or he still maintained his blackness. What is it? Because there are black people who don't think anything like what anything I'm hearing today. They're still black. Black people are not a monolith. We don't think alike. We don't walk, chew gum, and do everything alike. We are different like everyone else. And people have an allegiance to do something a little stronger because of their allegiance to this country. That is their right to do that. They don't lose blackness because of that. They are who they are. And this is the biggest main, I think this is the biggest problem that people have. We keep trying to make people into something that we want them to be. Let them be who I, they I, want I to be. You. 
Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Blackness is not one thing. Uh, but I think one of the things that we're contending with here, Andrew, is, but you know, to get to that next point, right? To become palatable, if you will. Um, do you have to become colorblind? Do you have to ignore um, issues of race or issue of culture? Um, you know, cultural issues to get to that next to get to the next point. Again, I quoted. I think it was um, Harry. What was it? Henry, Harry Reid, right? Uh, I don't know how long you've been holding the line. What he said relative relative to Obama. What made him palatable? What made him electable? Light skin, speaking pattern, with no Negro dialect. Is that what it is? That what it takes? What I would say to Harry Reid, and what I would say now here's a stereotype on my part. I hear it from black people all the time. If somebody writes it or gets quoted, they act like they're an expert at something. Who gives a damn what Harry Reid says? Harry Reid ain't God. Just because he was quoted in something doesn't mean anything. What's the legitimacy in what he's saying? And not enough people ask those questions. Is it legitimate what Harry Reid said? And I'm saying what Harry Reid said has little to nothing to do with accuracy. People are not dumb. People have voted African-Americans into offices, into areas where there are very few African-Americans that ever exist. Now, we're talking about the highest office in the country. Black people didn't like him. Black people did not like Obama, and that seems to be misunderstood and, and conveniently left out. Jesse Jackson wants to castrate the man. Jesse Jackson wanted to castrate the man. You remember that? Do you remember that, John? I I totally remember. Yeah, I remember it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that probably speaks to some of what what Solanda was saying earlier in terms of that that catch-22. Even when you are uh, trying to um, get it done and be successful and work as hard as you possibly can work, sometimes you're getting pressure even from people within your own community, your own family, as if you're trying to be something other than. So it becomes that kind of thing. Or uh, a child taking his, taking his schooling seriously. Oh, who do, who do he think she is? Or who do he think he is? They're trying to be something other than black. And that's horrible that that has become uh, synonymous with what black is. Again, I think it was a young lady who said that um, – What's what's wrong? I'm trying to read it right here, Andrew, but you can stay with us. Um, it's not an oxymoron to be considered a black genius or a black inventor. What's wrong with being identified with uh, as being black in that type of, um, uh, in those words, uh, following it? But why don't you stay right there, 617. I'm coming to you now. I know you've been holding the line for quite some time. I definitely want to hear your ideas and your thoughts on identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. What's you. Carl, are you still with us? Six one seven. I'm sorry, I didn't. Um, I didn't push you in there. Are you still with us? I am indeed, John. Good stuff. Good How's stuff. Sound like Mike, 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 Mike. Good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you, thank you. Same here. Same here. Glad you could uh, present us with this show this weekend. Um, I got a couple of things on this one. Because I, I think, you know, I, I've, some of this stuff that I've lived myself. Um, one, when I used to go to high school for the first probably two years of my high school education, I went to Foxborough High, go Patriots. And um, 
uh, predominantly white school, and we're talking back in 90, what, 90, 90, 91, around that age, around that era. And, you know, it was black kids. I was in the Metco program, which was a program where black kids were brought out from the, uh, from the inner city to the uh, suburbs. And, um, man, they put up a stink. But, you know, it was all about getting that better education. And you had some kids on, in, on the, in the Metco program that were, you know, they talked the slang, walked the walk, talked the talk. They were gangbangers from Boston. I mean, it's not a huge thing, but, you know, it's one of those things where they wanted to try to maintain their identity of what they thought was their identity out in Foxborough, which, you know, that wasn't where I was from. I just, you know, I, I went to school, did what I was supposed to do. But taking that education and the way that my mother raised me, the going into the future, when I used to do phone interviews or when I would call people for sales, sales things, people automatically thought I was white because I smoked proper. So it, it's not a matter of – I think it's, it's, it's not just saying, okay, it, it's an identity – um, a loss of identity or trying to figure out who you are. It's what people perceive. If people listen to you and they think, okay, I don't know what he looks like, but he speaks proper English, he must be white. That's, that's how people perceive things because when you get on the phone what you see, or what you see on TV, on the news, or what you see on Jerry Springer or, 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 or any of these other shows, you see these, these black people acting like idiots all over the stage, jumping around, talking, I ain't got no this, that, the other thing, can't put a, a proper sentence together. So that is what they have perceived that black people are. So now, because I want to speak proper English, you know, black people look at me as like, oh, well, you, you, you white. You, you act white. Nope. I act like I took my education seriously. I act like I understand proper English. And what it comes down to is, when you have these, these, um, these stars or these people, you know, sports players or, or whatever, if they are not threatening to people, then they're accepted. And odd, generally, you know, the darker you are, the more threatening you are. The bigger you are, the more threatening you are. If, look at Prince. He's a small guy, small, small, small stature. People are talking about Prince. He's light-skinned. People, people aren't afraid of that. You know, that's, that's just what they perceive as not being something to be afraid of. It's a matter of personal perception, and everybody has their own per- opinions are, are like butts. <laughs> you know, I won't elaborate on that, but everybody's got one. And people think that, you know, because you speak a certain way or because you act a certain way, that you're, you're – you're not being true to your culture or your, what is, you know, what, what your, is your quote unquote identity. And I think it was like, you've got, you've got your rappers like Will Smith. Eh, you know, are you going to get any gangster rap out of him? No. But is he popular in, in the, on the billboard when, you know, when he had his song, it was like, get jiggy with it. Was he popular in the billboard 100? Yes. Flow rider. Would you say he's gangster? No. But you'll you'll hear him on you won't hear him on uh, on on ninety two point three but you'll hear him on those other stations where they pay play Adam, Avril Lavigne and these other people because he's accepted because he's not threatening and that's the thing with with President Obama I mean 
you know, you got this guy that so why don't you went say to that, Mike? See, but can you be yep, yep, that? Yep. Can you become that individual? Can you become, as you said, maybe to use your terminology, non-threatening, or as Henry uh, Harry Reid referred to President Barack Obama, palatable, if you will, because of his um, lack of. I can say lack of because he did not speak with um, a Negro dialect and he was light skinned. Can you be that, become palatable, but still, as Shalanda mentioned, still maintain, I hear you, Andrew, maintain a sense of black identity, whatever that may mean to you. If that means that you you understand the, the plight, not just black, whatever, whatever your cultural identity may be, that you understand some of those challenges and you will and you're willing to give voice to that on whatever whatever level you choose to give voice to that on or or the, is that costly so you have to stay away from it well it's it's a double edged sword because if you don't you know if you don't then you get tested by your own people by people of your own race you'll get tested by them because they'll see you in a setting and they'll say oh this guy look at him he act he act like he not he, he act like he too good so then they're going to test you and if you you know, if you try to act or if you try to, I won't say act, because you're really not acting if that's what you understand, if that's what you know, if that's what you're from, then if you're, um, how should I say, if you're used to being one way or a certain way, uh, or let's say you're used to acting, you're used to being, uh, Man, uh, if if you're if you're if you're educated and you people talk to you talk about you a certain way in in your in your daily setting, like oh he acts white, then you know trying to work with with that sort of uh, that sort of issue, uh, it, it, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to get it together here and say what I want to say, but it, it's it's escaping me at the moment. But you that's, know that's, then that's okay. You're, 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 you're looked at a, you're looked at a certain way like you're trying to act maybe like you're trying to act too white or something like that it's it's hard because it, either way it's a double-edged sword I, but just real quick I'll let you, I'll I just want to jump in and, and tell you something real quick now once again from all my dealings back in Boston with the automotive performance shop I had many 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 international customers and I always asked them I always asked them because you know after them spending thousands and tens of thousands of dollars on their cars, I would always ask them, I'm like, you know, I'll, you know, we go out to dinner. So I said, well, what do your parents tell you when you come to the States? What do your parents tell you about black people? Oh, you got to be careful for black people. Like, but you're, you're not like the black people we, we were told about. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's special. So what do your parents tell you? What is it that you got to be careful for? Well, they say that, you know, what you see on the news, black people are mean, they're, they're, they're uneducated, they're violent, so on and so forth. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, you know, I'm glad I was able to change the minds of several people um, and, and give them a certain uh, a, 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 a window into uh, the lives of, <laughs> of black people who aren't violent, uneducated, and uh, just running amok. So it's one of those things where it's a there's there's too many stereotypes out there that people feed into, and that you know this is going back to other conversations that we've had in the past. It's just one of those things where 
you, you got to try to break through those those stereotypes so that people can be themselves. Just be who you want to be. That's the thing. But you're going to get no, no flat doubt about it. it in either direction. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mike, why don't you stay right there? I appreciate you for calling in. I appreciate you for weighing in. Uh, it sounds like, my friend, your fifth grade teacher will be proud of you. You are a credit to your race, brother. You are a credit to your race. <laughs> uh Stephanie, 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 I know you've been sitting on the um, sideline there for a while. Um, a lot has been said. A lot has been said since I've had the opportunity to come back to you. So um, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about uh, some of what you're hearing? I'm listening to Mike. I heard Andrew. He said something to the degree of if you were to ask ten people what does it mean to be black and what does it mean to kind of, um, you know, stay true to your blackness, you'll get – Ten different answers. So um, what are we talking about here when we talk about identity crisis and transcending race? What's your perspective on that? It's funny when we automatically assume, because Andrew said something that was very interesting, and I thought it was interesting that the moment he said, the first thing he said was people are using it as an excuse, and he also brought up the fact that what people thought of President Obama. No one ever and no one in this conversation ever said anything about there are some black people out there who have a certain belief in, in, that black people cannot be a certain thing. Because black people say the dumbest stuff, too, like you're to be dark-skinned. That's the dumbest and most ignorant mess I've ever heard in my life, and I know ignorance is not in it. That, it, it, it to me, is beyond just ignorant because we don't think. Think and intelligence go beyond race. We can agree with that. But what we can't understand, what we have to understand is, is that when it comes to people's idea of what black is, it has nothing to do with all the stuff that we may say in our different levels of what black is. It's just a fact that you must say what you represent that is what the problem you is. You break it up the problem is, Stephanie. I don't know if you're in a bad area, but it's not like you have something important to say, and I certainly want to hear it all, but um, you're going in and out there. so um, Right. Okay. Okay. What was so that? what just I know you're short on time, but I wanted to get this out is that we have to get to the point of understanding why people say they say. We're not seeing that as black people. Black people didn't say anything cuz there were black people who were against the civil rights movement. There was people black people who were against Malcolm X. There were black people who were against Malcolm um Malcolm I was about to say Malcolm Jamal Warner. Lord help me. I was going to say Malcolm um Martin King. But the thing is, is that we still have to understand just the fact of even saying certain things as far as Negroid features and speaking with a Negroid or a black dialect is a problem. Yes, who cares about Harry Reid? But the problem is there are people who listen to Harry Reid, the same rate, the same people that probably listen to um, Donald Trump, the same people who feel this man is probably speaking the word from the gods. But the thing is, is that it's still being said and there's no need for it to be said. And understanding that once we can understand that people are people and if they did speak, my mother was raised in the South. My grandmother's in the South. Both my grandmothers are in the South. Thank God I still have them at 95 and 106. And they don't speak with necessarily the king's English, but I can guarantee that they are probably just as intelligent. I don't see them as being remotely as not as intelligent because they speak with certain dialects. But at the same time, I speak differently than my family do because I'm the only one here in Chicago. does not make me better than they. It doesn't make me want to feel as though, oh, I'm exceeding better because I speak with a different dialect. It doesn't mean anything. But what problematic is, is when people put emphasis on it, as if that's the only way you can presume and say someone's intellect is being 
that's the way they, they show their intellect and being that's the only way you can show your intellect and showing that you are different from everyone else. That's where the problem is. The fact you have to speak it out loud and even say it is the problem. I appreciate that. Andrew, in a few, uh, maybe 60 seconds, I know uh, you can bring it home for me, good brother. Uh, this whole idea of identifying with one's um, um, race or culture um, and having pride, any sense of racial pride, um, how do you see that? Do you see where, where society is going that maybe um, – it, could that be a positive, or could that hold individuals back? What, what, what's the take on that? Because as we talk transcending race, a lot of times that's what people are alluding to. John, it, it, everything starts with a capital D, depends. It depends. It depends on the intelligence of people and to and to bring home what Stephanie was saying at the very end there. Stephanie, people judge people. They judge people off the best information that they have. And for them, that's legitimate. If someone wants to stand and be an outlier to that, they can, do, they can choose to do so by demonstrating what they are and who they are. There is nothing wrong with people standing proudly and, and shouting to the highest mountain how great they are. But somewhere along the line, someone's going to judge whether or not you are. The proof is always going to be in the pudding. What I will, if I had to say African-American in a general setting, I would say I would hope that African-Americans at this point continue to exercise to try to be the best person that they are. To speak the king's English doesn't make you white. It makes you a perfectionist in speaking the English correctly. Now, if someone wants to judge someone because they don't speak it correctly, they are generally safe in assuming probably at a high percentage that this person is probably not a well-learned person. That's just stereotypical things. And as I said before, most stereotypes are based on some semblance of truth. It doesn't mean it's truth, but this is what we do as imperfect beings trying to be the best that we can be in a system that allows us to move in that direction. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you for sharing that. I appreciate you for saying that. Mike, Shalanda, Stephanie, as always, definitely appreciate you for weighing in. Very important conversation. Identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race. Does success require minorities to become colorblind? Folks, you can join us each and every week by calling 718-508-9533. 718-508-9533. Keep in mind, this hour is being brought to you by John Green's Agency of American Family insurance. For all of your insurance needs, questions, and concerns, jot down this number, 773-881-9555, 773-881-9555. Folks, millions of Americans are currently at risk of losing their life insurance protection and living without insurance to begin with. If that is your situation, folks, so we, as we talk identity crisis, identity theft, and transcending race, we live in a, a society that requires some capital, so we certainly don't want to leave our families Stranded and holding the bag. So certainly keep in mind I put together a free report. You can find that at johngreen.info forward slash life. Johngreen.info forward slash life. L-I-F-E. Got my spelling right there. <laughs> there you have it. Folks, until next week, continue to be good to yourselves and good to your families.